Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 39. 39. 39. Beautiful number. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Good to hear. Good to talk to you. (laughs) Hi there. I don't see you. I see you in my mind's eye Uh out there. All All my lovies out there who are listening and... Waiting, hopefully, for some encouragement. Well, we have encouragement today. Today, we're going to talk about stewarding yourself. Stewarding yourself. Three words, right? Three words, not two. We're not stewarding yourself. Stewarding yourself. Mm. How do we manage us? What does that look like? What does a proper health self-image look like? A proper life look like? Or at least how do we live out in a manner that's good, right, and healthy? What does that feel like? What does that look like? We're going to give a little bit of insight based on our little bit of knowledge. We will share our (laughs) quasi-knowledge, quasi-ignorance. Our thoughts for today, basically. (laughs) See what you got. Okay, well, two two things, and you can tell me which way you want to go first. All right. I think we need to lob out a decent definition of stewardship. Okay. And then I have a quote that kind of helped solidify our thoughts today for this podcast. So which would you like to do first? Let's do stewardship. Okay. What do you think stewardship is? It's it's That's kind a of a bi- it's kind of a bit more used in biblical com- groups than common, but I think most people at least have a basic understanding. Stewardship means I have a a responsibility to manage, control, or take care of something is really what stewardship is. It's a it's a position of responsibility over something. Yeah. So there's we have parables in the Bible on the good stewards and the bad stewards and so forth and talking about but stewardship's a pretty big biblical concept because I think what What we're looking at here is God has given us a life Mm -hmm. and God has given us giftings, abilities, talents, et cetera, et cetera. And God has called us to steward them. In other words, to use them well, to manage them, to make them of value and so forth. So that's kind of, I think, the root of our discussion on stewardship. What does that look? And we're not going to, and this is not a guilt. Hopefully you figured that out. This this is not going to be a guilt fest of responsibilities that you have to do but it's rather a return to what does health and healthy stewardship look like for yourself for yourself because you got to take your own bad self your own bad self because you got to take care of you know that's kind of a they say that all the time people say that and it seems trite but you can't take care of other people if you haven't taken care of yourself you know they do the old uh, they tell you to put on the airplanes, put your oxygen mask on first before you do it for your kids. Because if you're not in a place of health, you probably aren't going to be healthy around other people either. Right, right. So, well, let's tell talk, tell me about this little quote that you have okay. from some random person on the internet that well, you read. I, my therapist <laughs> so. recommended this person on her Instagram account. Adam Grant and so I started following him and he is obviously if you read any of his posts he's a big self-care guy 
But this comment he made a couple days ago, I thought it was very clear. Here goes. The antidote to selfishness isn't altruism. It's generosity. Selfishness is expecting others to sacrifice for you. Altruism is sacrificing yourself for others. Generosity is helping others without hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't care for others if you don't take care of yourself. End quote. That sounds interesting. I know, you know, depending on the group, because, right, we have everybody here listening has had different experiences. And I know in some in some circles, self-care sounds like selfishness. Mm-hmm. And in other circles, that seems like a no-brainer. What what can we start talking about that? I mean, that's a great quote. There's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. But how would you like to expand on that? Well, I, I, I my initial response to that was kind of like when we talk about uh, grace and what grace is and what grace isn't. And mm-hmm. with Dan's pictures from Extreme Turbo Mega Grace, you have a picture of an of three arrows. And one arrow is going straight, and then there are two arrows that are going off from the the beginning part, one to the left, one to the right. So we say that grace is the straight arrow, but what grace isn't is to one side legalism and to one side licentiousness. So that image came to my mind when I read this, okay? So we want to be able to be generous, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we... I liked the clarification that he said generosity um, is kind of the arrow going straight and the two arrows going off from that would either be maybe maybe, maybe self-care is the true self-care uh, generosity is part of self-care yeah, okay in that middle but arrow finish your little arrows. so then you one arrow is ge- selfishness and then one arrow is altruism right which again so those are the same things as legalism and licentiousness selfishness would be the licentiousness i'm living completely for myself Mm -hmm. but if i couch it in words like sacrifice yeah or altruism i'm doing it for others yes there's a there's a false humility that goes with that right with the verbiage yeah so self-care is stewardship right of your body mind and spirit and let's say generosity generosity has to come from something so if you don't you can't be generous if you don't have something if you don't have generous if you don't have the something in you to give freely right if you're empty you can't be generous right so this is part of the tank has to be full or have something in it for you to give out yes yes. otherwise you got nothing to give and i think it to be honest it actually works financially as well right People are like, well, you should give more and you should help people. It's like, well, then you need to have in yeah. order to give. So can I, before you go. go too much further, which I think I know where you're going. And oh, I, I wasn't. I'm done. Go there. Um, talking about getting your tank full. Mm-hmm. Lots of times because there's so much, there is a lot of talk right now about self-care and has been for a while, honestly, but it has not been accepted in the circles that I've run in with other Christians uh, as a general rule over the past 50 some years of my life 
because it sounds like I'm trying to drum up something on my own. Right. And so and it has the I word like self the way in. that we are, <laughs> I like the way that we are joining the word self-care with stewardship. Mm-hmm. So we are, we do have a body, mind, and spirit given to us by God mm-hmm. for so many reasons, which that's where I think we're going to head about why God has given us life. But for me to have self care, that's me stewarding what I've been given. I've given, been given this body with these genes and this DNA. I've been given a mind that can be used and should be used to help me understand the truth and the reality of things as they really are, not just as, as they are perceived. I have been given a spirit that wants to connect to the eternal. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things need to be cared for, need to be nurtured as a whole person. And so self-care, I think, and stewardship are very much aligned. Yeah. And uh, I think going back to, it's interesting, just as I'm sitting here, I'm realizing how much it parallels financial. Because if you look at all the stuff about the, t- the talents, you know, there's the guy that got one talent, two talents, five talents, or one, five, two, five, whatever it was, one, five, and ten. One, five, and one, two, and five. One, two, and one five. parable is one, two, and five. Yeah, I think another one has a one, five, and a ten or something. But the idea is God gave you something now multiply it and so there has to be growth so there has to be something there to begin with and i think there's a hint in there although we tend to look at that as purely financial but it's managing what you have in order to make it grow to be something and it's the same with our body because i think we get nervous with the words like self because uh i know from a more of a conservative side self just sounds like a dirty word I mean, from in some biblical or theological things, just to even say self has all this stuff, which means the opposite of spirit. And it doesn't. Selfishness does. Flesh is the opposite, you know, but self is kind of neutral until we go apply some adjectives to it or some other mm-hmm. nouns, whichever that needs to be. So self itself is not bad. Yeah. It's what is the emphasis and focus on self. So... Let's see. I'm trying to think what we got next. We have, um, do you want to go look at that verse or what is yes. God? Think? Okay. Yes. You know, because I think a classic example of that is we in Corinthians, or not Corinthians, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, we have this thing that the second half of the verse says. No, this is Corinthians. I'm sorry. It is? Is it? it? It's Romans. It's <laughs> Romans 12. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I see. Romans 12, 3. Well, I'm going to start at 3, but then I'm going to tell you why we need to back up. You know, it talks about here, it says, For the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment according to the measure of faith God has given you. Okay, usually I get quoted that verse a lot, and I've had listened to it a lot of my life. And usually it's about, oh, well, you've got to be humble, can't be proud, and all those kind of things. And that's, that's true. You know, that's not a true thing. But I think it's not a a full rich description because it it makes this verse purely a limiting description legalistic and rather than the abundance we have and to use it wisely but that that's actually the verse that follows up let's start at the beginning romans 12 1 says therefore i urge you brothers on account of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god 
which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Can I say one thing before you launch into that? You are saying something. so <clears throat> The continue. body, the mind, and the spirit all are all mentioned in those first okay. two verses. Good. Okay, keep going. Yeah, and so... so this is a key thing, right? One of our changes is renewing of your mind. That's the beginning of transformation. Right. Okay. And so what he's saying in here, now I go to the next verse, by the grace given me, don't think more highly than you ought to. So that's the first part. But also remember the second half is according to the measure of faith God has given you. Yeah. So we often think just on the limit side, which is, well, don't think of your health self. He often says more highly than you ought it doesn't say mm, highly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It doesn't even think, say think well of yourself because you should think well of yourself because God has made you. It says he has fearfully and wonderfully made you in Psalm, is that 129? 39, I 139. think. 139? Yeah. And he has made you well. And I think we should be content with the goodness and the excellence that God has put in us. The problem comes when we, we start getting comparative. We use the word, we talked about this earlier. Mm -hmm. What is the sin of pride? And everybody will say, well, it's because you think of yourself too highly. And that's true. But I think the key component of the sinfulness or the wrongfulness is it's a comparison. Absolutely. Because the pride says... You can't think says, higher of something unless yeah, you're comparing yourself to something. Right. I have to be compared to someone. So in order for me to be truly prideful... I have to look down on you in terms of, but I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. And that's the key to pride. And I think that's the hint of this verse, which is to not think more highly means my job is not to compare my spiritual state and my gifts. Cause now chapter 12 is going to go into the list of spiritual gifts right. and all the good things that God's put in you. Right. So God's saying, I've got tons of good stuff in you and you ought to be, dare I say, proud of them. But you carry that with the right attitude, which is, yeah, I've got stuff of value. God has made me good and right, but not in a comparative way of I got it and you don't. That's where the pride comes in. That's where the problem comes in because I'm making my self-worth based on the fact that I'm better than a different person. Yeah. And if that's the point of self-worth, then I just need to hang around terrible people and I'll feel really well, good about myself. Or I was just going to say better or worse. <laughs> or, yeah. You can also compare yourself the other way. So when you're talking about pride, you would say, you know, I'm comparing myself and trying to be better than the other person. But then there's also a false humility part thing. Yeah. I'm around great people. And so I must be unworthy right. because I'm comparing myself to somebody who I think is so far above me that I can't possibly meet their standards. So again, there's both, there's the two sides. And I'm going to say arrows. that that attitude drives you away from God because of it, it says, does. I'm a worthless person. I have no value. And what God is saying is you do have value. Mm -hmm. You are worthy. That's why I died and saved you. Mm -hmm. That's why I brought you and drew you near to me because I value you. Right. So... Now, so that's now this should transition us to the other thought we were talking about. So as we talk about self-care, self, all this kind of stuff, self, all this kind of stuff, all this self stuff, <laughs> stewardship is the word you're stewardship looking for. Stewardship is the word. I guess really stewardship is our point. Yes. Is one of the ways we get so far off is what's the fundamental problem? 
You have it written down. I have it written down right there. (laughs) Read it. I can't read it. Okay. What does God think of us, right? Because we could get focused on what we think of us. We get focused on what other people think of us. We can get focused on all sorts of various things, but ultimately what sets our identity and where we go and all these kind of things is what does God think of us? What does God know of us? What does God? That's true. God doesn't just think of us. He knows. He knows us. Right. Right. So this is we've been hitting a lot recently on this word perichoresis. Hold on. Perichoriosis. Perichor. (laughs) Dang it. It's like I lost a syllable in there. Perichoriosis. I'll look it up while Pericori- you just explain what it is. Choroesis. It's where choreography comes from that word. No, Chore- you got an E-O in there somewhere that you're missing. It doesn't matter. Choreosis, well, whatever. I'm going to look it up. You explain what it is. The idea there is, okay, and this comes to the identity of God, right? Because we look at the Trinity, and, and in the simple sense, we just say God's the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But that doesn't really talk about that interplay of what their relationship is like that just says there are three of them who are one in unity perio pericore dang pericore pericoresis it's five letters or five syllables pericoresis there is no two vowels together pericoresis uh-huh. periochoresis nope pericoresis all right Sorry, everybody. Man, I, uh, if you asked me yesterday, I could have pronounced this correctly. <laughs> okay. But, but today is a it new It fell day. out of my head. Perichoresis. Okay, anyway. Perichoresis So it's a deeper meaning. I mean, the, the word did not enter into the lexicon of Christianity till around the 300s and then became more codified around the 700s. Thanks, but, Larry, for that in yes. history lesson. But the idea has been there since, you know, read John chapter 15, 16, 17 of, you know, Jesus says, I'm in the Father and, and he's in me and so forth and all those unity kind of statements. But the idea is this. Peri, perichoresis. Peri, yeah, perichoresis. Perichoresis. I just feel like there needs to be one more syllable in there. I know you're trying there. to add something in there, but it's not. So <laughs> anyway, Peri. it's the idea that says God is three individuals in the sense of identities who go in a dance of let me use the word interpenetration they are involved in each other in unity so they each have an identity yet there is a unity and a commonness in them yeah you know and i know there's some heresies and if you go through all the history of the church some of the heresies are is god is just is purely one and he shows himself in three ways. That's called modalism, and that's a, considered a heresy because it's basically saying there isn't three persons in the Trinity, but rather it's just one God who expresses himself three ways. And I think that misses the unity part. That just yeah, becomes the relationship right part. because then that's just sameness. Okay, because here's a key difference of unity versus non-unity. If if God was all the same, all three then you would just have a replication of God three times. The sameness. It's sa- that sameness. Uh-huh. Yet somehow they are different, yet considered equal, but they are equal in terms of position, rank, and their relationship to each other, which is 
kind of hard for us to comprehend because we want to hierarchicalize everything, Mm -hmm. but they're not hierarchic. They are, uh, they are working together always in unity. Everything they do, they do in agreement. And so now here's the key that we want to transition. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Their sameness is in their authority. Yes. There's no, uh, there isn't a hierarchy as in father is over son and son is over spirit in a, in an authoritative kind of way, a ranking kind of way. Their sameness means they all have the same rank. They all have the same uh, authority, but the difference is the three entities of them or the three persons or three essences of them. They are three separate essences and that's how they can have relationship with each other right and they are not as i could put it a different way they are not mathematically equivalent you know a does not equal b does not equal c so it's not as in they are the same but they have uh unity and they are equal in authority power those kind of things but they are not same good they each have distinct Ways, roles, things like that. Yeah, They're, you know, Not and that's personalities and that's one you can spend a lot of time. And people have been trying to work that one through for centuries. because yeah, it's, it's pretty mysterious. Yeah, try to find honestly. the nature of God and express it in two minutes. You know, right. well, whatever. We are just learning about this, and so. Yeah, that, that's not, as much as we got so far right, right now. It's not so much a new concept as much as it's a richer explanation for right. the relationship of God. And so the idea there with the perichoresis is we are being called to enter into that relationship. So we are being called. Change your wording there. Okay, we are in. Well, we get to act in that relationship. God invites us. He invites us into the dance. Yeah. To be involved with what God is doing to be a partner with what they do. And so I know there's some things where. You know, people misquote a verse and say, like, he mu- I must become less and he must become greater in their idea that uh, I'll be totally spiritual when there's none of me. And it's like, no, God wants you there, but he wants you there to partner with what God is doing and to bring you into it, but to be in unity with what God is doing. Does that make sense? Absolutely to me. Yeah. And Hopefully so, it does to you all out there. <laughs> right. So now let's talk about stewardship from that position. So now we understand. Take a breath. Okay. Let everybody settle for a second on that. All right. So God is inviting us to enter into the relationship that he already has with him. With him. Within the Trinity Trinity. already. (laughs) I was going to say with himself, but with the Trinity, which is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. or however... That's that's the traditional way that that has been. And it's correct. It's just this it is, is correct. But there's some feminine things in there, and there's some other there's the, some characteristics that we're just going to go with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for right now. Okay, so those three have a relationship with each other. Right. So the picture that I have in mind, in my mind right now, as I walk through the days with this understanding, is they are relating to each other in this kind of circular but it's not but it's a 3d circular it's probably way more dimensions than that circular sphere in how Mm -hmm. they relate to each other with their mode of being pure love and i get to come into that sphere Mm -hmm. because of my faith in jesus christ 
and God and the Holy Spirit. I get to then enter into that, but I don't dissolve and just right. become them. I now am a fourth entity in this sphere. Right. And then recently, yeah. just and a no, little just so side note. Heresy check. We're, we're not saying we become God. We get to enter into the relationship with God. Right. That's fully. what I said. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying for those that are listening. A little that bit wasn't accurate. That clear. And by the way, I'm not the only one in that sphere. Right. That sphere encompasses everybody right. who has faith in God. Now, there's a bigger sphere of love that everybody is included in. But the relationship part of it where I'm actually inter, uh, interacting relationally with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I am a fourth entity in that In that, mm-hmm. I am relating with them or with you and them together. So right. there's five entities or with my children and them, you know, like there is this interaction. I'm just, I'm just really honing the point here in case this is a new concept for anybody who's listening to think about that's what unity with that's father, make them one as we are one. That's it right now. That's how I'm perceiving it and helping right. me to understand. I still am a being. Yeah, these I will ideas always are, be a being. Right. And these ideas are heavily be. done in John 15, 16, 17. Yes, yes. Yeah. 14 too. Yeah, there's, there's this huge uh, awakening. So with this, so I'm going to be rabbit trailing, I guess. With this whole understanding of this whole self-care understanding that's happening in the world today and has been happening for many years, honestly, being aware of yourself and having self-care and all of that kind of stuff. I think that's a precursor. I think that's just a need that everybody's being made aware of because of God. Mm -hmm. I think God is the one that is making that need known. Now it gets met. People try to meet it without him. And that is not his intent, but that need for self-awareness and self-understanding is absolutely critical to Mm -hmm. paracol Choresis because the whole point of knowing perichoresis is to know that there are three entities and I myself get to join in with those three yeah. entities. And so I have to be aware of myself and understand and do the stewardship and care of myself so that I can have this relationship with God. Yeah. So let's see there. I had a thought or two, but then they fell out of my head. But <laughs> no, because I talked too long. No, it's <laughs> just, I, I started listening too much <laughs> carefully. So, yeah, I mean, if we look at some of the failing, okay, so this directly ties us to now the stewardship idea. So then how does stewardship land vis-a-vis or relative to perichoresis? So my foundation of my identity becomes I am in unity with God. Okay, now I want to contrast a lot of teaching I heard growing up gets a lot of focus on our separatedness from God. Mm-hmm. And so much of the emphasis is on how do I fix the fact that I'm separated from God. And so the focus is always God's mad at me or I'm separated or something like that. And then I spend a lot of time trying to get right with God. And what we're saying with this is you are right with God. Start at a position of rightness because right, you know, we use words like righteousness, righteousness, holiness, right? Holiness is the nature of God working together, doing the things of God. 
How do we get holy? We enter into this relationship with what God is doing. That is holiness. Yeah. That is our righteousness. It's not because we behave well. It's because we enter in to this relationship. Mm -hmm. Then we start from that position in our interactions with both ourself and others from that foundation of health and good relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we take that health and now we have something to steward. Okay. And so I guess if we look in terms of what is self-care, I think the biggest thing of self-care is recognizing who we really are and what that relationship is with God and the security that we have in that relationship with God. Love because, that word too. Yeah, yes. because I think most of our pathologies of, of ourselves, of mental uh, traumas and things like that, have to do with this disconnectedness from God and a lack of identity about who we are. Not all, but I think that's a, a predominance. And obviously there's woundings and there's other, there's, there's a lot of things. So I guess that's a gigantic can of worms to open up that I don't probably want to. <laughs> right. Did you see all the things wearing in my brain right then? I saw my, that? my wife's head explode, <laughs> but I think kind of the, one of the foundations is people don't know who they are. So they're kind of adrift. So then there's no tools to go explore how do I deal with the things that are in my life or have happened to me and so forth. Um, so is this a good place to Yeah, because otherwise something? I think I'm heading down too deep of a long <laughs> thing that's going to move this too far in another direction. So let's not do that yet or even at all potentially. Okay. Um, you said the word people are disconnected with God. Or perceive or, or see themselves that way. Right. And I think we should also add in there, they're also disconnected with themselves, mm -hmm. which to know yourself is to know God. Right. So, or but I want yeah. to keep using the word self as a, in a positive way here, mm -hmm. because I have recently come out of blindness and into revelation of this whole idea. He, that I get absolved into God and lose my own identity and it depending on your personality and of course your life experience and so whatever you're going to respond to that differently but mm -hmm. my response is ben i am i am just somebody i'm just a vessel i'm just he's the potter i'm the clay i don't have any value i don't have any uh thoughts of my own or understanding of how to interact with the world around me or the people around me. I always have to just be listening to God. And that self-denial has gotten me into quite a psychological conundrum as I don't listen to myself and I don't trust myself. And I and by myself, again, I'll say to know God is to know myself. Right. To be, as I'm becoming less blind in my spirit to who myself is, I'm becoming more aware of who God is. Yeah. God wants me to know myself. God made me. He knows me completely. Yeah. He wants me to join him in this discovery of who I am and what I'm capable of. Yeah. Well, in fact, let me inter interject on that. 
if we are truly walking in the perichoresis, in the dance, walking in unity with God, Mm -hmm. our voice will sound like God's voice because we are in unity with him. So it's not that we've disappeared or are dissolved or have gone away, but we'll find that our true identity is a lot like what God wants. Sameness. There is not sameness. It is unified. <laughs> I, I'm just, I want unity. it to be so, so precise right. in understanding right. this because it is a s- very subtle lie of the devil to use holiness or to use unity and get us detached from ourselves. So that's why I'm being so nitpicky on that. Well, and being detached from yourself would be being detached from God as well because right. the entire point is to become in union unity with God so when you just said my voice mm-hmm. will sound like God's that doesn't mean my voice goes away right that what you're saying is my voice will be holy my voice will yeah. be just my voice will be merciful my voice will be loving mm-hmm. is that what I'm hearing yeah. you say because Right. The Holy Spirit the sounds like is. the father when he speaks. Jesus does what the father says. The father sounds the, like Jesus. The father, so- the father sounds like Holy Spirit. They are in unity. They have the same heart. They have the same desires. They character. have the same goals. They have the same character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we enter the true us is to be like the character of God and mm-hmm. to walk in unity with the character of God. Mm-hmm. That is our character. That's what God has put. Now, God put it in us, okay? So it's not for those that are worried that we're saying we go up and develop God characteristics ourselves. No, we. this is what God has made us to be. This is the old, uh, this is the point of us being made in the image of God right. is for us to reflect what he has put in us, yeah. manifest what he has put in us. And this is why we're of value because we do reflect him. We are wonderful people, you know? And so people go, oh, well, then you're going to go off and do your own thing, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, the value is who I am. The exercise of my value is to be in union with God. That is when I am most me. That is when I am most like who I was designed created and whatever to be is that yeah and that's health so let's go to some practical okay we only have a couple minutes left ready go stewardship Mm -hmm. how do i steward that Mm. okay so key number one which is it'll sound trite but it's i have to focus on or be conscious of the dance with God, which is mm, that's nice to have a consciousness that I am, in fact, on a daily, minutely, hourly, whatever basis, I am operating with God. So that is renewing, renewing your mind, my mind, which is recognition of the reality of what God is doing. And then I am a partaker and participant of what the Trinity is doing. And that's what you just taught. You just use the word consciousness. I like that word. Mm-hmm. I have a consciousness of God in my life, which we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. but that we, when you're in the middle of your work or you're in the middle of your day doing tasks or whatever, sometimes my mind, I'll just say it this way. My mind is focusing on what I'm doing to have a consciousness of God would be if I'm moving along in my, in my task, 
and I hit, uh, it can be either, it can be all kinds of things. I hit a thought of goodness, like, wow, that was a brilliant way to solve that problem. Or, oh my gosh, this problem seems to have no answer. When I hit a thought that isn't flowing naturally, Mm -hmm. the consciousness would be to say, uh, let, where am I? Oh yeah. I'm in the perichoresis of God. God has a response to what I just thought. So the response could be, okay, say I just did solve a problem. That was brilliant. The conscious thought would be, God, look what we did together. This Mm -hmm. is so amazing. And a a heart full of gratitude right in that moment or praise or glory. If it's a problem that I've hit, God, what? Okay. I'm not alone in this. I got, I need your help. I need What's happening. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and any, any gamut of response there is for you to realize that you are in response. You are being relating, being relating. You are relating to mm-hmm. God in that moment. You have the right. opportunity to relate to God in that moment. And that's that's a relationship. Key, right. And there's another key point is God is interested in you and your daily situation. What's happening with you on a moment. He's, he's not just interested right, in it. He's passionate. He's I mean, integral. In fact, I remember when I was... Oh, like 20 years old, I had a mentor and I was talking about, well, what do you pray about? You know, what should you, when do you not need to pray to God about a question or a thought? And I said, like, do you pray to ask God which brand of toothpaste you should buy? And he said, do you not think he might be interested in that? It's kind of like, well, <laughs> okay, maybe, maybe he is maybe, interested. Yeah, you know, maybe or, he has but it doesn't. Thought. He might say, I don't care. Pick one. Yeah. Like this, I think we used the strawberry ice cream one with Calvinism not too long ago. And we said, you know, that God is controlling every, every detail of your life. It's not that he's controlling it. He's, he's interacting with you. Right. And sometimes he may say, I want you to make your own decision on that. Right. And sometimes he might say, the toothpaste. Uh, no, you really need the sensitive toothpaste over the crest right. toothpaste because your teeth are getting old and you need some help. You know, like right. there's it's this conversational, relate- and he yeah. wants to have a real relationship. Yeah. To where we, it's not that I. And so here's a weird way to pray: is okay. I have to ask God, or else I might make a wrong decision. You know, then you're in a fear-based thing, mm-hmm. as opposed to an excitement. Hey, God, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. What do you think we should do today? What do you think this is? What what toothpaste? Which of these? I like this. What do you think of that? You know, and that's more of a interest-based relationship or a desire to be together. And right. I think that's so much more healthy. And it puts us into a position for rather than being fear of making mistakes, it's recognizing I'm in an adventure and somebody's there to go with me in it exactly. and to help me in it who knows what this adventure is all about. Yeah, that's good. And that's pretty darn exciting. It's an adventure, Charlie. Double rainbow. So. You didn't get my joke. I did. My kids will get my joke. It's so intense. (laughs) Actually, it's just like Israel. They were all out in tents. And I don't know if they had double rainbows. All right. We've hit our time limit. So (laughs) now we're just floundering. So what do you think? Did we... uh, I think we tie at least get the, the type the tip of the iceberg here. So uh, here's our goal, right? We we touch the tip of the iceberg, and you have to call us or write <laughs> and tell us which if we need to dig into the iceberg some more, or if this just gives you something to meditate and think about and chew on. So it definitely 
is stuff for us to chew on. And, and let me yeah. say this too. There are resources. I mean, there are some things that I have not been able to figure out on my own. Mm-hmm. And so I do have a counselor that helps me. Dan has a mentor that has helped him in the past. We have friends that we know we can talk to if we hit some problems that we just really need help. Dan got some intercessory prayer last night over his body uh, because things are still not tip top. Yeah, there's resources um, and people around to help. You are not in this just you and God always just. It's, it, it, how do I say that? I, I'm not a monk. Right. Okay. You know, I'm yeah. not in a monastery. I'm not just doing this between me and God. Even in a monastery, there are other people. Let other people be part of your process as you learn more about yourself. Yeah. Like you have wounding, like Friday night, Dan said something to me and it triggered me and I got really upset about something and I realized, oh yeah, this is a trigger because I still have a wounding, not from him, but I uh, still have a wounding uh, in uh. my heart that I needed to stop and talk to God about, but I also needed to talk to him through it, you know? So we're not perfect. We don't have this we have intimacy, but it doesn't mean it's problem free. We get to explore the problems and explore the things that have created these unnatural habits in our life. And so reach out to the people around you or to Mm -hmm. us. If you need some resources or want some help in a certain area where you feel stuck, you know, you either need prayer for breakthrough or you need some counseling or you need, um, just some companionship and a conversation that that's we uh, we feel that that is part of what this podcast is about mm-hmm. is to be a resource or at least a point in a direction to a resource to help all of that being right. from God and a great starting point if you're married actually talk to your spouse about this stuff have oh, yeah real, we were going to talk about that that we have real discussions time. you know yeah, yeah. Talk about heart issues. I mean, I know so many, I, I think me and my wife have a weird marriage because we do talk about <laughs> everything all the time. We're weird. It's, and that's, well, I think that's unusual. And I think more people need to make that usual to where you talk about heart issues and you find ways to say, what do you think of God? What do you think of this idea? What do you think of this? What's going on with you? And you will grow. And if you're not married, Find friends that you can talk to about this. Talk about real stuff. Okay? And be prepared. It's messy. It's, it's not me- clean because when you talk, when you're right. vulnerable and you talk about stuff, misunderstandings happen. And the key, but it's worth it. Right. The key is talk with love. And I don't have to convince people of stuff. And I don't have to get offended. And I don't, you know, be gentle with how you present things. Rather than, you know, yeah. don't bring the hammer out and start beating on people with stuff. That's a fruit of the spirit, gentleness. Right. Allow so. the Holy Spirit to let you be, enter into a vulnerable conversation and to present that gentleness. Yeah, I, I posted this week on the True Grace World on Instagram about intimacy. And one of the things that is the barrier to intimacy is you not sharing things with your partner. And you can go and read that and give me any feedback on that if you want Mm -hmm. hey guys we really um love you we love being together with you we appreciate that you listen to us if you do want to reach out to us you can find us on twitter or 
Instagram on True Grace World. You can find our website at grace.world. You can email us at info at grace.world. Uh, or you can call us one eight three three. Yeah, that one I don't remember. Eighty five Grace. Right, eight three three eighty five Grace. Um, have a great week. Enjoy your paracoresis yes. with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.